say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. It's your girl Karen here from Chicklet. I am here to tell you about a recent guest spot that I had on the Mimosa Sisterhood podcast hosted by Melissa Herrera. Um, it is a sister podcast to Chicklet because it is also a boozy podcast. Each week, Melissa has a rotating guest host um, and they drink wine and talk about badass women in history. They have covered dozens and dozens of women. Her backlog goes back two years. It's an incredibly important podcast um, and definitely one that you should check out, even you know, aside from my episode and Aubrey's episodes. So please be sure to follow at Mimosa Sisterhood on Instagram, as well as um, check out their backlog of, of badass women. Until then, stay tuned. Welcome to Chicklet, the podcast where we get lit and discuss our favorite books from adolescence. And try to decipher how they've helped shape us as women in the 21st century. Do the lessons and themes from these books still apply to the world today? I'm Aubrey Summers. And I'm Karen Rayner. Books are a portal to another world. The books I read as a teenage girl. I'd like to talk with you over a beer. Let's discuss the themes, lend me an ear. We'll have a drink and hear your thoughts on it. Let's get chiclet. Let's get chiclet. Welcome to Chicklet. Here we are, everybody. <laughs> we are so excited um, to be doing this uh, new series that we have started. Yeah, um, kind we of. Just couldn't get enough. It's a it's a bonus series. Um, it's I just want to uh, go ahead and let everybody know it's going to be called Chicklet at the Movies. 
Yeah, boy. Um, because we really love uh, to connect with people, and we really needed a way to have people on where the you know the three of us didn't need to read an entire book beforehand. Um, yeah, so that's a lot. Our new bonus series is going to be called Chicklet at the Movies, and we're going to be having a guest um, every so often. Uh, who has picked a rom-com or a young or a adult. YA movie? To- yes, yeah. Um, which I I guess it's kind of not fair because we picked this one um, because we knew we were going to be doing it. Um, so if you haven't figured it out yet, the movie we're covering is The Princess Diaries from two thousand one. And we are so excited <laughs> to, to welcome. <laughs> we're so excited to welcome. Um, Melissa Herrera from Mimosa Sisterhood. Yay! Hey! We're so Hi, glad. Melissa. Hi, we finally guys. get to do this. I know, it's Hi. so exciting because you both have been on my podcast and now I'm on yours. And so we're officially have gone full circle and we're podcast BFFs. Yes! yes. <laughs> so um, excited. Well, speaking of your show, why don't you talk a little bit about your show? Sure. So the Mimosa Sisterhood is a comedic and tipsy storytelling podcast where we tell the lives of women throughout history while we drink. Um, So it's kind of like a combination of like a historical podcast, an educational podcast, but it's also very pop culture-y. We also booze a lot. We have a lot of fun. We crack jokes. We talk. We kind of like make a point to relate how some of these women's lives are similar to ours today in 2020, and we find connections um, historically and just the theme of women and their lives throughout history. So it's a lot of fun. Um, And actually... Big giant announcement, which Karen already knows, when her and I recorded our most recent episode, which I haven't released yet. It'll be out in a couple of weeks. But we officially covered 100 women on the podcast. So I, yeah, I covered number 99 and Karen covered woman 100. So that's crazy. I was so honored. (laughs) That's dope. I know. Um, So it's just really cool to just think that over the past couple of years, my podcast has, you know, selected women, researched their lives, and told their life stories, a hundred of those women. And so it's just a really cool thing because I never really thought of the show as being, like, documentation of women. It was just kind of like, oh, let's talk about cool women in history. But now it's sort of is of like a publication where you can go and yeah. learn about all these different women and you know their lives and what they've gone through and the struggles they've experienced and the hardship and the successes they've had and I mean we go back as far as Lilith from the Jesus Christ days so I love that <laughs> it, it covers a lot and it's just a lot of fun so I'm super excited about it and um obviously check it out because it, I think it's a cool show and both of these lovely ladies have been a guest host on it and covered their own favorite women from history so yes. yeah check it out and I I think it's really important the message that you're getting out and getting women's history out especially on podcast level because like it's become so huge in the last like 10 years especially like it's so important to like reach people that you might not normally reach, you know, and, yeah. and get those stories out. And like, I just think it's so dope. And I was so excited to be on it. And it was great. Hell yeah. You guys were both awesome, too. <laughs> I guess we like we met we kind of met on Instagram, right? Like, yeah, 
uh, yeah kind of how it happened <laughs> you, you you slid into her dms she did yeah probably <laughs> i'm really good at that um <laughs> But, you know, as a podcast that talks about women, like, it only makes sense to connect with other female podcasters, especially ones that have, like, a similar niche as my own, where we both like to get boozy and, you know, talk about stories. Mine just happens to be, like, biographical lives, but, I mean, you're equally doing the same in your storytelling with all of the books that you've read and the characters and the plot and stuff like that. So I always kind of actually just try and connect with other women um, who have awesome creative projects similar to my own um, and also just loving to collaborate with them because I think it's a great way to not only celebrate women in history but just the modern day woman that's alive today and doing really cool kick-ass shit so I'm so excited we met and connected and we are on total opposite ends of the United States and yeah yet we're <laughs> you know we're we're supporting each other's projects and creative endeavors and it's just really cool to be doing that it, I yeah love that. it's been you were honestly, I, I'm pretty sure you were my first like podcast friend and you reached out and I was like, oh my God, your, your Instagram is so legit. Like, <laughs> please help me. <laughs> oh, I know not gosh. what do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all you learn as you go. And to be honest, I, I've never, I haven't known anything. Like I don't come from any background in any of this kind of stuff. And so I think that's another important thing of connecting with other women is that you can use them as like a networking forum to even improve your own shows or your own sophomore programs, or just get tips and tricks from other people. Um, yeah. And it's just, you can actually learn a lot from the other people around you. And I think that's the coolest thing like that I say a lot on my show is women are naturally kind of like raised in our society to be pit against each other which I know you two have definitely experienced at the start of your friendship yeah um but also just yeah (laughs) breaking that barrier and actually using each other to learn and grow and develop and you know have support through is really cool so I'm so stoked that I've met you guys and everybody else that I've met through the podcast platform I think uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I can't remember what it was because I'm, I'm fried today. It was just rough. But, um, <laughs> like, they said that uh, men who uh, become widowers live way less longer lives than women who become widows because women <laughs> don't invest everything into their one partner. They get support from other women they get support elsewhere. They like, reach out for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas men try to pour that into the one person, their one partner. And when they lose that, they, they die fairly quickly after. <laughs> oh, that's so that tragic. That actually makes a, it's super tragic, but it makes a lot of sense because like, I, so I think women are bomb. Yeah. They know what's up. Well, and I think yeah. it's like so societally not accepted for men to just like find other adult men to be friends with. Yeah. Whereas, like, with women, it's, like, it's expected that, like, oh, you have your little group of girlfriends, and Uh you all go to the bathroom together, and, like, what, and men are just, like, I drink beer alone and watch football. (laughs) Right? Well, it's funny, like, not to get too caveman with it, but if you think, like, going even back to hunter and gatherer days, like, the men took off to go hunt, and typically you weren't in large packs because you'd be seen by, you know, your prey or whatever, so you're kind of, like, alone doing it with one or two people, but the women were all home together with all the babies, doing all the, like, 
gardening or whatever the hell they were doing, growing vegetables. <laughs> but they were in big packs, and they had to like rely on each other to protect each other's children and make sure everyone was fed, and they were kind of operating like as a commune and as a community. But women were really That's running really it that true. way. That's really true. Wow. That's so true. Boom. Well, look at us continuing the tradition. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, well, since this is a boozy podcast, um, what is everyone drinking today? Uh, if you're drinking. If you're not drinking, that's totally fine. I'm drinking coffee at four in the afternoon. Hey, that's completely acceptable. It's self-care Sunday. I got some <laughs> Oreo crema. Yes. Ooh. Some Oreo. Thank you, International Delight. Yum. Uh, you got, like, Instagram out. sponsored by them once. Or not sponsored, but, like, they sent you, like, a little bundle or something because you they, shouted them out on Instagram. They did. They they got Reese's Creamer, and I was like, what? <laughs> and, like, posted it on fucking Instagram, and they messaged me and were like, do you want shit? And I was like, yes. Oh and they, God. like, sent me a mug with a little handle that has, like, the little ridges, like a Reese's cup and, like, a bunch of coupons and shit. I was like, yes. That's I was so like, cool. Hash, hashtag not sponsored by International Delight. Um, <laughs> I will be, though, if you co- contact P.O. Box me. All the shit. Uh, I am drinking Dark Horse Rosé uh, out of a can because I realized after the last drinking podcast I did, I was like, I really need to um, like not be pouring wine like every so often like in the background so <laughs> you're like Aubrey take it away <laughs> yeah <laughs> mute myself um but yes it is um dry bright and crisp with a hints of floral and subtle minerality I bet it tastes like butthole I like that it says notes of fresh red fruit like what red fruit is it like pomegranates is it apples is it stra- strawberries I don't know <laughs> all um, the red all the red fruits uh, in this one can of wine. Raspberry. <laughs> um, I don't know if you're drinking, Melissa. If you aren't, it's totally fine. No, of course I'm drinking. Um, so <laughs> I, I had, well, first of all, it's only 1.30 in the afternoon here. So <laughs> I've been drinking coffee and Bailey's all morning, but I kicked it up at noon for um, a little afternoon hard seltzer, which I'm typically a raging fan of White Claw, as one is, but I have upgraded recently to a new brand that I am absolutely obsessed with, and I think I might love it even more. It's called Vizzy. (gasps) I love Vizzy. Right? So I never heard of them. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. My boyfriend brought this, like, 12-pack home, and I was like, okay, I'll try something new, and I actually think it's way better. Like, the fruit flavors in all of them taste more natural. It's not such, like, a sugary, syrupy flavor. It almost Mm. tastes, like, more of, like, a fresh fruit. And then they're all, like, blended. So the one I'm drinking is a strawberry kiwi, but they have, like, a blackberry lime. So you get, like, multiple fruit flavors in one can, and the 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 can claims that it has antioxidants, vitamin C, and it's from superfruit. So I'm believing it. Um, oh yeah, it's like the it's it's not the it's not acai, but the other one, the other superfruit. Yeah, I don't know like how to pronounce really it. Pronounce. It looks like it says areola, but it's actually like <laughs> ace. It's it's like acerola or something like that. <laughs> I always say areola and then get corrected. Yeah, so the superfruit areola is in the, is the title of this episode. <laughs> the superfruit areola. 
So yeah, it's really good. It. If anybody has not tried Vizzy hard seltzer, get on it because I actually think they're the next best thing in terms I'm of the so hard seltzer now. world. <laughs> it is the shit. I have had it before. I think I usually like Truly is just normally more on sale like more often, so I mm-hmm. usually get Truly, but I one time I did get I think it was like the my bachelor party bachelor party my bachelorette party I got um a 12er of Vizzy and that was like what I drank that and like various other things because it was my bachelorette party but yeah um like and that was kind of like my my ride out my buzz drink of the night (laughs) and it was good it was really good hell yeah Um, yeah just sipping tequila yeah I had my everyone made fun of me because I (laughs) I I do this really snobby thing when I drink tequila where I um like I, I buy, like, really nice tequila, and I drink it just straight up um, from, like, a sipping glass. And then I have um, – it's called sangrita, like, on the side, <laughs> where it's, like, tomato – like, it's, like, a tomato and orange juice concoction. And so, like, I show – I roll up to the bachelorette party with, like, this <laughs> bottle of tomato juice and, like, two glasses of, like, my sipping tequila and my tomato juice on the side. And everyone's like, what the fuck is your problem? Bougie. <laughs> I was like, I just want to be bougie with my tequila. I love it. Um, but anyway, so um, I I guess I wanted to kind of talk about what, uh, like, maybe your first experience was with the Princess Diaries movie and, like, if you remember the first time you saw it and kind of, like, wh- not to be cheesy, but, like, what has it meant to you over the years? Um, yeah. Because it super interesting go ahead well so I was trying to remember like when was the first time that I saw this and I can't pinpoint it but I looked up to see when this movie came out so I believe it came out in 2001 which yeah. was, which blew my mind by right the way. <laughs> so that would have landed me at 12 years old which oh, that's right because we're age twins yep um, so I still can't remember exactly when or where I was when I saw this, but I have no doubt that it was a huge impact on me at 12 years old, especially relating to the main character in all of her mm. goofiness with her fluffy hair and her glasses and her big long skirt, because I also I went to a Catholic school, so I had Aww. to wear uniforms like that throughout my entire life until I graduated high school. I know, right? <laughs> um... But just like rewatching, I just rewatched the movie last night to refresh myself, and I was just like, this is so reflective of my elementary years. Just like being the nerd in the uniform, liking all of these dickhead boys. Then there's yep. like the pack rat of asshole chicks who are like running the show and teasing you. I'm Ugh, like, there's right. no doubt that this immediately struck a chord with me because I had to have related with Mia more than anything on earth. I was her. Yes. Yeah, I was. Straight up. I also came from uniforms. Uh, I had uniforms fifth grade through eighth grade. And, like, the part where she's like, someone sat on me again. <laughs> I, I've i never, <laughs> like, felt, felt that more. Because, uh, like, legit... I, I was her. I got made fun of, and and the popular kids did not like me, and they picked on me and locked me in bathrooms, and Ugh. so I felt I felt the anxious anxiety and the like, just watching the popular kids from the uh, across the way making out, and you're just like, ugh, 
Yep. Like, I want to be you, but I don't want to be you. <laughs> See, I had a very different experience. Like, I, so I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but I was homeschooled my entire life until college. And so, um, like, it was almost like a, I don't want to say voyeuristic, um, but like, you know, it was like a peek into like, oh, this is what, you know, high school is like. And it's obviously not because like nobody, nobody's got the big It's 100% accurate. accurate. It's, <laughs> it's 100%, 100% accurate. Um, but like, I, I just remember watching it and there's, there's like that movie and a few other movies, um, like Mean Girls and stuff growing up that I was just like, oh, so if I went to high school, like, this is what it would be like. And then all my friends that were in public school were like, no, it just, it just sucks. Yep. <laughs> totally. Um, I remember the first time I saw it because I, I'm a little bit younger than y'all. Um, not that much. Whatever. Though. Um, I would have been... Eight in two thousand one, um, eight months old. No, Justin says that all the time, and he's like, and I get mad at him, my husband, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm not that much younger than you, and he's like, you know, most women would be happy to like. He just teases me like that. Anyway, um, so my mom rented it from like our local movie store. She rented the VHS from our yes. local movie store, which was called like Anger Video. That's where I grew up, um, and like. It wasn't even a blockbuster. It was like a literally like mom and top mom and pop shop uh, video store and brought it home. And it was like not one that I would have picked for myself because I like, you know, even at that age, I was like, princesses are like for girly girls. I want to watch a movie about horses. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And and I remember watching it and just being like, oh, this is like this is really cool movie. And like there's so many quotable moments like. It, we'll get to that, but yeah, I I love I I love that memory of like the local video store mm-hmm. on VHS. Totally. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I watched it, um, like for the first time when I was probably like thirteen, fourteen, and I'm pretty sure I watched it because of the books because I had read the first one and I'd also uh was obsessed with Julie Andrews and anything that she set foot on was mm-hmm. gold. Yep. So she is I was a, like an actual queen. Yeah. So I immediately that was like this is happening to me in my life. Totally. <laughs> um and then the uh, one other thing I was thinking too is like why it probably would have made such an impression on me at twelve years old. Not only mm-hmm. just relating to the nerdiness of Mia, but being able to see her like blossom into, you know, all these things that she never thought she could be, or, you know, becoming this like beautiful, like elegant woman with this prestigious family and like literally royalty. You know, it's just like a total like fantasy, something that would never happen. And so watching her and relating to her pre-princess and then feeling like wait can I become this big blossoming butterfly like she did like I feel like it definitely like boosted your own confidence to think you know like if if this could happen to somebody like you know I my life can definitely become a lot more glamorous than it currently is like I don't have to be the frizzy head braces girl forever (laughs) (laughs) right there's a bright side I, I think I put in my notes that I related so much to her unibrow because I had like this absolutely horrendous unibrow as a child. So like, did I. At like 10, 10 years old, I begged my mother to let me get it waxed and she did, thank God. Yeah. But like, 
it was Same it was horrendous. Me. I mean, to this day, I have to like every morning, like just make sure that I <laughs> I maintain it. A hundred percent. I am like, I am a hairy woman, like just flat mm. out. I am not even going to hide it. And my sister taught me how to shave my legs when I was in the fourth grade because to (laughs) her, it was so disgusting and mortifying. She's like, you cannot have these hairy legs, (laughs) but she wasn't wrong. You know, (laughs) I would also just like to say that, you know, uh, Western beauty standards are, uh, are a thing and you know if you choose not to shave like mm-hmm. more power to you it just I have gotten so used to it in my life it would drive me insane if I didn't yeah totally um, thanks patriarchy I um <laughs> so I guess I'm gonna go ahead and read I, this is kind of just a short summary because I think most most people either have listened to some of you know season one or kind of get the general idea they um, turned I didn't... it off already Karen <laughs> I didn't do, like, a super detailed summary. This is definitely, like, from Google. Um, (laughs) uh, So, shy shy San Francisco teenager Mia Thermopolis, Anne Hathaway, is thrown for a loop when, out of the blue, she learns the astonishing news that she's a real-life princess. As the heir apparent to the crown of the small European principality of Genovia, Mia begins a comical journey towards the throne when her strict and formidable grandmother queen clarice rinaldi julie andrews shows up to give her princess lessons Um, which i like that they call her strict and formidable where like she's like nowhere near like where she is in the book so (laughs) (laughs) because it's julie andrews um so yeah i kind of wanted to talk through some of the differences between like the book and the movie because you, that, you know uh, Melissa have you read the books or did you read the books when you were a kid no I never read the books when I was a kid and I have not read them as an Ooh. adult either so I'm okay. not actually sure I don't have I'm not totally up to speed on how the books were played out um, but I did watch the movie last night so I have a lot of perspective there <laughs> I love oh my it. gosh listen. Melissa, <laughs> listen, <laughs> Clarice Rinaldi is nothing, Absolutely nothing, nothing like Julie Andrews. She is in the a book, monster. She's really? insane. She has like tattooed eyeliner and like <laughs> chain smokes constantly. Um, her one of Always her lessons drinking a sidecar yeah i was gonna say one of the lessons the first lessons that mia learns in princess lessons is how to make a sidecar um <laughs> which i don't remember the ingredients they're they're okay we had them once on the podcast <laughs> um and yeah she's like just absolutely just a queen bitch like 100 <laughs> percent in the in the book she's the one that outs mia to the to, to the, the paparazzi press. oh shit yeah. Why, instead of paulo yeah so like i, I think every like, time i watch i i literally have to disassociate <laughs> when i yeah. watch the movie because i'm like queen julia can't do that she would never do that <laughs> right and i think in the book it's more of like a oh you'll get over it let's rip the band-aid off type of thing um because like that's the type of person that her and she also goes by her french name there's there's a lot more French influence in the book, I think, than there is in the movie, um, which is in French. I believe you call your grandmother. I'm gonna butcher it again. Grand mère, like Grand it's, mère. You know, it's one of those like from the throat. I don't speak French, but obviously, um, 
but yeah, so she she goes by Grandmare, and I think in the movie she mostly just calls her Clarice. Um, or Grandma. Or Grandma, or my grandmother, or whatever. Um, which I'm kind of glad that they left that out, because it would be kind of difficult to um, say that every time. Um, the other main difference, the biggest difference, is that the book is set in New York City, and not San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, her dad is still alive. <laughs> Um, but instead of, uh, in, he, he can't have any more kids because he has testicular cancer. Does she have um, a relationship with him in the book? Yes. She actually, uh, has, she's gone to Genovia like every year for like holiday like or summer. something. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's been to Genovia. She's had a relationship with her father and she's talked to her grandmother. She's met her grandmother. So the whole arc in the movie of dad dying from some quote terrible accident which they never explain <laughs> we we've referred to him on the podcast as daddy king philippe yeah <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah so that's like i think i feel like it was probably a choice that they made because it's a disney movie and they didn't want to explain what testic- testicular cancer was totally. and uh also because like it, you know it was just it was just easier to not have another character in the movie um, but it's so beautiful in the book because like the, they talk about like in the book they never got married her mom and dad never married um so she was born like out of wedlock and like uh they co-parented and it's so beautiful because like modern family yeah you get that blended feel like a blended family mm-hmm. that makes it work even though they lied to her forever <laughs> right right and they you get a little bit of that in the movie where you know that you have that scene between helen and clarice where um they're in the kitchen and she says you know i i loved your son very much i just it just didn't work out between us type of thing you get a little glimpse of that but it wasn't and he's you know, I think much more involved in her life in the book where, you know, in the movie she says, you know, he sent me presents and I never met him, mm-hmm. basically. After um, the terrible accident. <laughs> and Which they never tell us about. Right? It's, what, what, that really, that in my notes, accident? I was like, what accident? What happened to Daddy King Philippe? Like, what? <laughs> What is happening? What is happening? Um, they also cut out um, one of her really good friends in the book. Uh, it, and in in the book, her her friend group is very very diverse. I feel like it's much less so in the movie. Um, it, she has this really good friend named Tina Hakimbaba, who she becomes friends with when she kind of has like a falling out with Lily. Um, and she so Tina Hakimbaba is like an oil heiress. Yeah, her dad's from Saudi Arabia. Her dad's from Saudi Arabia, and she, like, also is kind of a freak because she's, like, you know, basically royalty, like, or she's Mm -hmm. as rich as royalty and has a bodyguard and all that stuff. Did Um, she meet her at school? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, she always sits alone at lunch, and, like, at one point, Mia ends up not having any friends, so she sits with her, and they both had bodyguards, so it was like, oh, let's be friends. Which, again, that brings me to... um, they kind of swap out her bodyguard for the limo driver who uh, is Joe Joe played by Hector Alonzo. What a national treasure. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so she, she, he doesn't follow her around per se in the movie, but in the, in the book, his name is Lars and he's constantly, 
I think he's like supposed to be like Israeli or something. Like I'm not sure where he's from. But they talk about cool. they talk about him and the other bodyguard like trading stories about weapons and stuff. <laughs> um, I also wrote down that um, uh, Mister Mister O'Connell in the movie, uh, her debate teacher, who you know, spoiler alert, uh, ends up dating her mom, is actually his name in the book is Mister oh, Giannini. Yeah. <laughs> Bow, bow. Anyway, I need um, like forty different kinds of stingers I could just throw in. <laughs> for for during Thanksgiving, I downloaded a, a rap air horn sound effect. So like every time someone came out with another plate, I'd be like, bear, bear, bear. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. amazing. <laughs> Judson was like, I'm gonna take your phone I'm, and delete that. I'm gonna break your phone. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so his, his name in the book is Mr. Giannini and he's actually her algebra teacher. Um, yeah, Mr. Giannini is actually the name of the teacher and I loved him and I, I was angry. He's one of the few things about the movie that I hate because he, Mr. G in the book, like has much more of a character and and he's definitely he, like taking on a stepfatherly role and in, in like a in a good way yeah and the guy they cast was like you have like four lines it's cool mm-hmm. and, and one of them is i love that sound <laughs> <laughs> what a weirdo <laughs> he, he is so hot oh yeah so the other thing is um I, this isn't a super super long list but michael is much more of like a computer nerd in the books like he's you know uh He's supposed to be good looking, but he's he's not like a jock or whatever, and he's not a he's not expressly stated as being a musician. He does you find out at the end that he plays bass or whatever, but um, guitar he, in my book. Oh, that's right. He played guitar in your book and bass in my book. Yeah, we had oh, some weird. weird differences between our books. It was weird. I my I, edition she had was a from twenty fifteen. She had a whole different fucking ending melissa what like there was like a whole scene at the end that wasn't in hers <gasps> yeah my my book ends with there's this character that like because they're in new york there's this character that like pretends to be blind to get people to help him cross the street and then he tries to feel them up oh my god <laughs> um, there's a the, lot of yeah. like very nsfw stuff in the book it, this is like <laughs> it, it came out pre 9-11 so um and it ends with grandmother crossing the road with him and getting felt up. And Mia's like, I'm just going to go do my homework. And that's where my book ends. And then Karen had this old fucking other ending where they're like, grandmother was upset. We went to the roof and we had this great family moment. And my parents came up and then they started arguing, but it felt great. The end. Yeah. And I, it's so, it's such a testament to how like memory is, it's so easily, manipulated because i straight up was like oh yeah that's how the book ended when i read it but i know i read the original version because like that's the one that i remember the cover the one that aubrey has so i it straight up like inceptioned me i completely thought that was the end of the book and then aubrey was like wait what are you talking about like mine doesn't have that and i was like are you missing an entry and she was like no that's the end of the book and i was like what the fuck that is so strange um, yeah, it was, it was, that was like the biggest one for me, except my, okay, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> everyone calm down. Um, my stroke calm down, guys. Drink, everyone. Karen just made, made an, an office, office reference. reference. Um, 
I just had a stroke, guys. I don't know where I was going. You know what? It just oh, no. flitted away. Yeah, well, Karen, I, thanks a lot. <laughs> I guess I'll transition that into the, the final biggest difference between the book and the movie is that the that's kind of how the book ends. But, you know, the movie ends with her uh, at the ball where she announces that she's going to become a you know princess of Genovia and someday queen. Um and like it, it, it actually is a lot different from the book in that regard as well because in the book, she pretty much is expected to be a princess. Like they never, it's never really argued. Like there's no, you know, I will maybe accept or reject your proposal. Yada yada yada. Sorry, there's a bunch of dogs barking outside. And that's fun. Hey puppers. <laughs> there's so many dogs in my neighborhood um but yeah so in the you know in the movie it's much more she has a little bit more agency over it which i found kind of interesting yeah yeah she uh the whole plot of the fucking movie is is her whether or not she's gonna accept being a princess and in the book it's more like her dad's bribing her by paying greenpeace Right, because she refuses to accept a salary. She, yeah. she's so like she's so morally like principled, and so he's like, okay, what if I give what is it like two hundred dollars a day to Greenpeace? But then she like can't do the math, and she's like, wow, that's almost thirteen thousand dollars a year. And then like you're like, wait, or is it this much? And it's it's just such a joke about how like she can't do math because she's failing algebra. <laughs> wait, so can you actually if you're in that? same position can you literally be like i'm not gonna do this or is that even an option i i mean like in the movie they said if she didn't if she didn't take on the role the that ugly family sorry i guess i mean they're supposed to be ugly <laughs> oh yeah the weird the weird plot. big giant nose people um <laughs> are gonna <laughs> Maybe it's string cheese. I'm so bad at this. He's like, your face will be on a penny or whatever. I don't remember what he says. Um, they're going to take over. The oh, be they're the, the Baron and Baroness Von Trocken. May you he makes always that be Baron. <laughs> he makes that toast. <laughs> that always kills me. I'm so sorry. I don't know their names. <laughs> it's okay. I, th I always thought of them as like the weird cousins too. <laughs> The um, big nose people. The big nose people. <laughs> Forgive to that me. You know what? Listen, everyone is beautiful in their own way. <laughs> I'm sorry. I always have to like. I always have to rein her in whenever she's describing <laughs> actors. Because one time she was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." She looks like that one actress, but like with a more fucked up mouth. And oh, I was like, "Well, just a different mouth, Aubrey." <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. She's gotta. She's gotta be my mom. It's bad. And she's I younger than us. Like, it's so bad. I, you cannot take me out in public. It's just it's just our personalities, though. That's what I love about they it. They complement like each other perfectly. It's true. Yes. It's true. <laughs> That's how our friendship has survived all these years. It's so true. Um, so moving on a little bit to the a couple just things that I noticed that the movie kept in, aside from, like, the major plot points, um, was... The makeover scene, Ooh, um, Melissa, which I know. I want to hear how you feel about the makeover scene. I know Aubrey has a bone to pick with that, oh, so like, I will what let kind you guys. Of bone? 
Uh, well, do you want to talk about your bone first and then Yeah, we'll tell me what the bone it? is because I'm very curious. I've got a boner. <laughs> uh, oh my, I've got a raging clue. I've got a raging I, clue. I, I have a problem. I have a problem with it in the movie and the book, but like it's just the whole societal standards of beauty being forced upon somebody like I she could have been a damn princess with frizzy hair she could have been a princess and worn glasses like now you're telling me I can't be a princess because I'm blind yeah like that's not cool well and I think it's also <laughs> like the I, and I'm, I'm totally kind of paraphrasing something that I heard uh on another podcast um which uh feminism ruins everything yes! another podcast that we Aubrey turned me on to um that they did kind of a, their whole thing is they critique movies and media from like a feminist perspective. And um, one of the hosts kind of said, like, it sort of reinforces the idea that like, you have to look a certain way to be royal or like you have to, your whole destiny is hinging on how you look. And also I think he said, it's the whole thing where they cast, you know, Anne Hathaway, who's a conventionally beautiful human being. Mm -hmm. And then they had to like make her ugly or something, make her ugly. (laughs) And it's like, there's nothing wrong with curly hair and glasses, you know? know. Um, And then they, there's the big reveal with Paolo and all that stuff. I'd still love that scene. Yeah. Um, I, okay. I hate, the guy who plays Paolo, whoever you are, I hope you're listening to this podcast, Paolo, because you annoy me and yeah. I always get you mixed up with a guy who plays Todd Packard in The Office, okay? Oh my God. But you're not as good as him. <laughs> That's actually a really good comparison. It is. Yes, I, right? I think my favorite thing that he says in that scene is he's, he says, if Brooke Shields marry Groucho Marx, uh, that child, they have your eyebrows. <laughs> His a terrible Italian is accent. Like the worst. <laughs> it's so bad. And let me let's uh talk about his assistant's outfits that are like Britney like Spears esque. <laughs> yeah, like what the hell? Oh, what are and their hair? They're like huge, like Jersey mom hair, like Long Island medium. <laughs> um, I hate that bitch. Yeah, she's crazy. But I hope you're not listening. She's not. It's fine. Um, the, the, pa- the Paolo's other thing, listening and he's angry. Paolo is angry. I see him in a lot of stuff though, and I don't think I've ever seen him try to play an Italian person again, thankfully. Yeah, totally. Um, but, uh, the other thing that they kept that the, the little moment that I felt like they could have cut out was, uh, Lana got coned. Lana got coned. <laughs> yeah. They kept uh, that in the movie. I was very happy that. I do like. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was just happy to see someone fuck with Andy Moore. Uh-huh. Fuck Andy Moore. I'm just kidding. How hilarious no, is Mandy, Mandy Moore in that role? She, I it's like, so I, funny. I, I forgot she was in it. And so all of a sudden, the movie starts with like a Mandy Moore song. And it yeah. like hit me. Yeah. And I was like, why do I know this song? Why do I know every word in this song? Like, what yeah. is going on? And then I saw her in like one of the opening scenes. I was like, oh my God, this is fucking hysterical. But it was even funnier because I've been binge watching This Is Us for like three weeks. Yes. And oh my God. you get to see like middle aged Mandy Moore and old lady Mandy Moore. And then I just got to saw Teeny Bopper, Mean Girl Mandy Moore. And it's just been hilarious watching her. Oh my God. 
God. Yeah, that was at the point of her career where she was trying to do shit other than music. And they were like, you can do movies, but you have to sing in yep. it. Which, and when okay, they sing and then I was, Stupid Cupid at the beach on that stage. Stupid Cupid. <laughs> I love, I, I also was thinking about the context of this movie where A Walk to Remember came out a year later. So, like, she was probably literally went from this movie into mm-hmm. A Walk to Remember, like, immediately. And she's such a completely different character. I like, know. she's like a martyr cancer patient in that Say movie. And it's like... <laughs> God. I recently watched that. The tears that were sobbed bad. in that movie, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, I have a bone to pick with that movie, too. Okay? <laughs> Listen, y'all. What's your bone? That book was in base... Okay. Listen, the book is in 1950s and then they didn't fucking take it to the 1950s in the movie they decided to make it present day and it didn't make sense to yeah me. i was gonna say because that that book makes zero sense in 1990 whatever <laughs> or like 2002 because it's like it's like wait teenagers are getting married it's like in 1950 right. that was like a totally normal thing yeah and in 19 or whatever 2002 it was very much not but what the hell's that dude's name from the walk to remember shane west yeah oh my god is is he a bad actor dawson's creek (laughs) he's like never been in like much since yeah like i've seen him in like two things (laughs) and i couldn't tell you what the second one was yeah he's also i just real quick Pour one out for his friend in that movie who is just a stereotype of like your black best friend like the entire Oof. time. I just it's I just true. like I was watching it and it was so cringeworthy. I was like, oh my god, this this is this is so awkward. <laughs> it hurts to watch. It hurts. Um it hurts. anyway. Uh fuck you, Nicholas Sparks, for making me cry. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage! <laughs> Fuck, also, fuck you, Nick. Also, Cage. Nick Cage. Fuck you. Uh, um, well, <laughs> I, does anybody want to take a quick break? I was going to get a refill real quick. Yeah, for sure. Oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> you want a refill on your Oreo creamer? Yeah. <laughs> and then when we get back, I realized I didn't, I completely blanked and didn't talk about her makeover so i can talk about her makeover oh yeah <laughs> yeah no, totally totally um okay well we'll be also right melissa back. if i'm talking too much tell me to shut the fuck no, up no you're not at all okay i i was gonna say i feel like it's like it's us talking to you about the book and you're just kind of like okay cool no <laughs> okay, can i leave now no i think it's going well it's going great Yay. all right well we'll we'll be right back in just a few okay cool Woo! Do you have a book you want us to cover on a future season of Chicklet? Email us at chicklet.podcast.info at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at chicletpod. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Let's get Chicklet. Are you an aspiring podcaster looking for an all-in-one platform for distributing your new show? If you haven't heard of Anchor, you're missing out. The first thing you need to know about Anchor is it's free, and which so good is really good. We're two broke girls. We're we're two broke girls. Two broke girls. 
Um, <laughs> Two broke millennials. She actually didn't even realize that it was free until today. Yeah, I was. Kind We've of already shocked. been using it. Um, she was like, "Hey, how much?" Because you know, millennials like to share. Uh, subscription Share services. The subscription. Payment. She was like, "I can help you pay for Anchor," and I was like, "Oh, it's free." And she was like, "No freaking way." Yeah. And honestly, like that's kind of how I feel too. I really can't believe that all of this stuff is free. Yeah. Um, well, it's an all-in-one platform. Like you can record, edit, and distribute all from your phone or your computer. Your so, phone like, yeah. or your computer. Which that's I crazy. Don't, I don't have a computer of my own. So yes. For me, that is. Bonus. For people who are low tech, it's like the best way to produce a podcast. Yeah, it's great. Um, all you really have to worry about is the creative stuff, which is what I love about it because they'll distribute it for you. Um, they distribute on a lot of the major platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Anchor app, which is their own distribution platform, and a lot more that some of which I haven't even heard of. <laughs> yeah, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. No minimum listenership, y'all. Like, we're starting at the bottom, and that's... And here we are. And no, still no, still at do. the bottom. Still at the bottom. Um, but it really is. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, you can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it. Do it. Do it. I dare you. Hey, everybody. We're back. I'm going to pull out my... Hold on. Actually, really quickly. I have to... Melissa, have rain to her it. in. Oh, rain wait. It's super quiet. <laughs> it also does... So good. It, it also does this. We have to use um, that from now on in every podcast episode. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a podcast that I listen to that has, like, the same uh, – s- somebody on there has the same app, and she calls it the self-care horn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, we're back, and we're we're back to hear Melissa's hot take on Aubrey's hot take of the makeover scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I totally agree with Aubrey and everything that she's saying. Um, at the same time, I do love a good makeover scene in a movie. Like, I just think they're so much fun. But True. They are. in terms it's like of like a shopping like, montage. Yeah, kind of, right? Um, the, but like the irony about all of it is that I think that like, in, especially in terms of royalty world, queen world, politics, whatever, there's like such a huge importance on image and reputation. Mm-hmm. Within these families or within these mm. royal courts or whatever presidencies yes. and stuff like that, which is so strange that, like, for these types of people who are literally like governing countries and governing people, one of the highest priorities that they have in governing people <laughs> is making sure that their eyebrows are waxed, their legs are shaved, and that they have beautiful hair done and makeup. And it's like, it like, a Gucci suit. <laughs> I will not wear it if it's not Gucci. <laughs> it's so weird. And like, but I think that this has just been a thing it is for human beings for centuries. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's sadly yeah. just like one of those elements as a human being operating as a civilian in society 
that image has always been like one of the top most important things for people, especially those in royalty, except for when we were back in the days where like all of the rich people were fat because they just got to eat all of the food (laughs) while everybody else starved. (laughs) That was like one time where rich people were probably like the most unhealthy and overweight and it was celebrated, but that came and went real quickly. And now we're back to having to look fit and beautiful. Um, As a, as, no, go ahead. As a former cosmetics professional, um, I it, it's the same reason why people killed themselves wearing uh, arsenic on their faces to make themselves look whiter in like you know the 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 Middle Ages because or well, not the Middle Ages but like the Renaissance time um, because like they just wanted to look good and it's like it's literally killing you but you're putting it on your face anyway. <laughs> And, like, not just your face, like, your arms and your legs, if they're out, like, all kinds of shit. It's like they wanted so badly to look pale that they would literally rub arsenic on their faces. Um, or, like, an arsenic paste. Anyway, fun fact, that's what foundation started as. It's it's crazy. Uh, and I just think, like, it, I think it's fucked up. I mean, I think it's, I don't know. I think for, like, a Princess Diaries movie or book, something that is uh, written and created for a younger woman, younger girl in her adolescence, like, I think the makeover scene was a lot of fun. And, like, young girls who were just experimenting with makeup and, like, wearing cute clothes and getting sure. into fashion were probably, like, super excited about it. But, yes, it did tell the story that this girl who everybody believed was unattractive was able to, like, officially seal the deal on her princess life once she had all these changes made to her looks. But then the other point I wanted yeah. to make was, like, you know, she did – I think she did think that she looked beautiful and maybe it did kind of boost her confidence a little until her fucking bitch ass friend Lily like ripped her to shreds in the limo. Like what was that all about? Oh my God. Don't even. I literally have a notepad here that says Lily Lily BFF with an arrow pointing to bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, and listen, like movie Lily is like so much more tolerable. Really? Yeah, book oh. Lily is even worse. She is such a bitch. <laughs> like you thought, you thought the um, you thought that movie Lily was bad when she was like, "What? It's two months and you haven't gotten over your dead dad." Like, <laughs> oh my god! Straight up, like book Lily is like ten times. Like she is on crack. Like, well, yeah. So, like I think that irony in that entire scene in the movie which like you can tell me if it's the same in the book is that one it's doing three things it's saying Mia is not beautiful the way she is and in order to become a princess we need to change her looks so they change her looks and she looks beautiful and it it appears as if Mia is really happy with her appearance and feels really beautiful and is excited about it and then number three it brings us back down and it's like oh wait wait no 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 now we're going to represent other women who are judging Mia for now having changed her appearance and looking beautiful Mm. and although she may have done that to meet western ideals of beauty and to make society Mm. happy it did sort of make her feel good about herself until another woman tore her back down for feeling and looking good about herself so there's like so many things happening here (laughs) you just can't win as a woman it's like it goes back to that whole trope of it's like oh you know hillary clinton is too frigid but when she gets emotional we hate her or what you know whatever like or any famous politician that's a woman or like you know everybody kind of goes through that where it's like you're either too emotional or you're not emotional enough or you're too pretty or you're not pretty enough yep and like you just can't win it's like oh it's so it's not about the thing that you're 
criticizing me for. It's just about the fact that you're criticizing me because, you know, I can't win as a woman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's a super, that's a super good point. Um, and, and yeah, Lily in the book, I think the nice thing about the scene in the book where Lily kind of confronts her about her hair is because in the book she actually, um, is blonde. And so she gets, she not only gets like a blowout, she also gets highlights. And she gets like a bob, like Rosemary's baby. And she gets like, yeah, like a Rosemary's baby bob. Um, really it's more like a pixie cut. Um, but she, you know... Lily just rips her a new one and is like, your hair is the same color as Lana Weinberger's, which I don't remember what Lana's last name is in the movie, but I don't know if they say it, but um, that's her last name in the book. And like, that's the final straw. And Mia absolutely goes off and is like, you criticize me for everything. I'm so sick of you, like running my life. Um, and to some extent she does do that in the movie a little bit, but it's like, it's so bad that like, it's a falling out between Uh them for like weeks where they don't talk. I really liked, I know that they had, you can't have everything from a book into a movie, but I like the fact that they kept Mia telling Lily off in the movie like that because. Just because your hair sucks. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's important because in, in the book's one of the biggest things for Mia is she's not self-assertive enough and she doesn't speak her mind and she says that she lies a lot because she doesn't want to, like, upset other people. Mm -hmm. So, like, for her to do that, that's it's really important for her to do that as a character for her art. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Well, before we get into, like, our notes about that we took, uh, which I'm super excited for, I wanted to read just some fun facts about the movie um, that I found in this insider article, uh, that came out this year, actually, which is funny. Um, or maybe it was last year. Uh, this movie, this just goes to show this movie is like always going to be relevant. Um, forever. forever and ever. Amen. Um, so number one, this was Anne Hathaway's first movie ever. Like, that's yep. crazy. Just let that sink in. It's like, how many of your actor friends are like, yeah, I'm in an indie film. It's my first movie ever. Like, can you imagine this being your first film where you're like no. a Disney, like you're basically <laughs> on par with a Disney princess. It's super successful. Like, I, I just, and she's, she does such a great performance because mm-hmm. she's, she's like a real person. Like, I feel like, <laughs> not, not to criticize like Disney movies nowadays, but it's like, I feel like Disney movies nowadays are like the, the people are like, oh, yeah. It's always the same story, right? Mm-hmm. It's always, like, this very, like, you know, young actress who maybe doesn't have a lot of experience yet and has bad writing and bad direction, and they write her as, like, this very, like, not real person where it's like, oh, I'm such a geek because I have straight hair. And it's like, no, <laughs> shut up. Um, she, like, she really is, she has such a big personality that she brings to the, to the part. Um, but anyway, I just thought that was fascinating. Um, the mayor at the ball at the very end um is played by the actual mayor of san francisco at the time willie brown oh that's cute um so when he says it never comes down on willie brown (laughs) that's the actual willie brown (laughs) Uh, which i did not know um the uh the one that i did know was that robert schwartzman who plays michael Mm. is the front man for the band rooney which Mm. not everybody's probably heard of but um, they, they were mildly successful in, like, the early, late aughts, like, early tens. 
Um, they had a couple big hits, and he actually was not in the second movie because he was touring with Rooney. Should have um, been after you. Yeah, that one. When did your heart go missing? Oh, anyway. He's um, so cute, okay? He's so cute. He fixes cars. He plays guitar. <laughs> and so he can sing. Hot. He's so hot. Um, and then finally... Oh, also the part where she falls on the bleachers is a real blooper that they kept in. Um, and I was like, shout out to the girl who plays Lily for just yes anding her way through that whole scene because, <laughs> dude, like, right? she, she straight up she falls and you know Anne Hathaway's cracking up, and Lily's just standing there going, I, I don't know her name. She's like, are you okay? Life. Are you okay? And like you can tell she's kind of cracking up, but like they keep it together enough. And then Anne Hathaway goes, "Okay, what was number three? And then they cut back, and it's like, "Oh my god, these child act well, they're not child actors, but you know, these like teenage actors are, you know, really good at improv." Um, and they left it in because it was like it made so much sense because she was super clumsy and, um, you know, all that stuff. And then finally, um, Gary Marshall, the director of Pretty Women fame. Um, and several other like beautiful romantic comedies rest in peace um he made the film for his granddaughters and he called it pretty woman for teenagers <laughs> which i just absolutely love and he actually directed both films um before he passed away both of the um princess diaries films um where the second one obviously is not really based on the books um but i think at some point we might do the second one as one of these uh bonus episodes oh, yeah. um but yeah so those are some fun facts that i just wanted to kind of put out there um and who wants to start with their like their movie notes melissa what's your favorite scene in the whole movie um honestly <laughs> i think like one of my favorite things about the movie is Mia's mom in her artsy house and that like that pole that she slides down and her fat fluffy cat um oh fat Louie and also her weird ass neighbor who's like always like Mr. Mr. Robitussin yes (laughs) like that whole like that just whole character scene of the house and this weird neighbor and her always like crashing on her little razor scooter that she has like oh yeah the razor scooter I just love it and like I I used to live in San Francisco for like eight years and so just watching this whole movie was so nostalgic for me because I could literally like pinpoint exactly what streets they were driving down and at one point they rode they drove across one of the restaurants that I worked at so it was super uh, I felt like I was just in the city while I was watching this movie yeah but that scene and I think that's why I loved it so much is that it was so San Francisco like that was not fake like that is a house that you would literally go to in the city that you would somehow (laughs) end up at after a boozy night at the bar that neighbor was like everybody's neighbor like it's just it's such a quirky city that that was very reflective of it and I love the house. I love the little artsy mom that she that she was. Her character, it was so cute. And just their whole house, I was like, how fun would it be to live in this house and, f- like, slide down this pole? And then when um, even the queen went over said. there. <laughs> when the queen Drink. was in the house, she was just like, what the fuck? Like, you know, she was totally, like, weirded out. Like, especially when Mia yeah. came flying down the pole. And then she had her little, like, hideaway uh, rooftop getaway that she'd go and, like, pout at. Um, yeah. 
I mean, I just, I don't, not that that was my favorite scene in the movie, but I really loved that part of the movie because it just, it like hit close to home because I felt like I was back in the city watching it. Um, but I think I also loved the whole beach party that they had and yes. just watching Mandy Moore and her little fucking crew dancing on that stage <laughs> to the Cupid song was just oh. hysterical. Um, but then, okay, I think actually my favorite scene out of the whole movie, it's now come to me again, was when <laughs> Mia threw the baseball at the baseball coach's head when she was trying to throw it back to the pitcher. <laughs> oh, my God. And I also have to say that the woman that played the, like, PE coach or whatever she was, she appeared in that movie so many times. Like, she I was always to the rescue. Like, <laughs> like I think she was there when uh, the paparazzi came and bombarded her at school yeah, like that coach just like Mia. shows up out of nowhere and is like let's go she's, like blowing, <laughs> blowing her whistle yeah. like <laughs> yeah that lady was so funny and she just she i was like surprised like how often she appeared to the rescue um but i don't know i i don't yeah i think that the three of the things that i just named the house the neighbor the beach scene and her <laughs> playing softball and just being so bad at it and then getting that home run and stuff when she uh hit the ball and hit that douchebag in the ball sack and was able to get a yes. home run yes uh, it was just all great i i wrote I, my favorite thing that mr robitussin says going back to the creepy neighbor is when he's like he's like the elegant lady didn't stay for tea <laughs> but the promise of tomorrow and then he starts writing the and promise he's like, of I can't. tomorrow hung on the air <laughs> and he starts yes he starts writing and he's like i can't believe i won an emmy <laughs> <laughs> And I was like a daytime Emmy, probably. Right? I am dead. See, um, is go ahead. Uh huh. Oh, I, I was, bitch. If you don't stop, <laughs> go ahead. I will fucking kill you. Um, no, <laughs> no. I was just gonna say, like, you have such a really emotional tie to San Francisco, Melissa, and like mm. my. <laughs> My experience with San Francisco is my plane got stranded there. Oh my and god, then that's right. This drunk army dude like decided to like flash his penis <gasps> at me and another girl. We're so, like, in the I, airport. Yeah, they put us up in a hotel. Everyone on that flight for the night. Your flight got canceled, right? Yeah. Yeah, they had to rearrange everyone's flights, and like this dude was like, "Yeah, you guys want to do it?" And like pulled his dick out, and we were like, "No, no." Like, <laughs> Oh my god so that was my experience with san francisco <laughs> that sucks um however i'm not surprised of it that it was an <laughs> army man of all men to flash oh, his he dick he was an army man who was on shout out i bet he's listening right now um <laughs> he was an army man on his way to alaska for a uh, child custody hearing with a girl that he got pregnant who was a stripper. Whoa. Oh, wow. And I don't was, think you – I was taking him to court. Yeah. And oh, I, my God. Yeah. It well, was really – like, he just, like, unloaded all this on me and this girl who were, like, drinking on her, her, her work tab. 
Like, <laughs> we were like drinking at the bar in the airport. She was like, yeah, I've got an open thing for my work. And we were like, let's get drunk. And then that happened. Yeah, that sounds like more of like a creepy dude in the world. But I will not lie that I have seen many penis in San Francisco in the time that I lived there. Because many a peni. It's pretty much just socially acceptable to have parades with people naked. So... That's yeah. great. I love that. What's wrong with hanging brain? It depends. Oh it depends on the context. Yeah, right. Like penises in the right context are fine. They're a penis still in the right context to a woman is beautiful. They're still equally as frightening when you come across them, especially when you're just like grabbing a coffee one morning. But yes, you're just like out. Less volatile when there's like a whole parade happening and balloons and shit. But ah, uh, that um, sucks, Aubrey. I. Yeah, that was such a crazy time. Was it like five years ago? I need to write a book. <laughs> you really should. I feel like you could. Um, well, not to like gloss over that, but <laughs> I <laughs> I wrote down um, how much I love the score and the music in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm Supergirl. I was literally about to sing that. <laughs> Ruined and also it. the 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 theme like the do 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 right right exactly oh we weren't okay well i i would i would continue to sing but i'm going to refrain because i don't know if i'm going to be able to line our audio up correctly i am weak <laughs> um but i uh i'm just you want to know highlights you want to know one of my favorite notes that i just read that i forgot i wrote yes it's a wango is the title of my autobiography. It's a wango, not a tango. <laughs> I, I, in the same scene, I actually wrote down, um, I wrote down Joe and Clarice dancing is too hot for Disney. Like, can we just talk about how sexy it is? These like two old people just like having a little tango. I, <laughs> I wrote, oh, okay, Joe, get it. Okay. Okay. I shipped them so hard. Um, but yeah, I, the, the other line, the other thing that I love, uh, about this movie is it taught me to say, get off the grass in like 10 different languages. <laughs> Cause there's like that scene where she oh, first yeah. gets to the consulate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, get off the grass. And I'm like, I don't even know what language that is, but I never forgot it. <laughs> I, I noticed something interesting because i've watched this so many times and i've never noticed this before there's uh (laughs) there's a scene uh where like some kids are it's like like one of those little cut scenes like the kids are going to class and they're going up the stairs from like the gym and this random girl squirts a water bottle in someone's face oh my god yeah she does what what's happening it's like why is why is this high school like this <laughs> i was so confused because he i i don't i don't know if he meet deserved it did he what's <laughs> like what happened why why did she squirt the water bottle I, we'll never know i don't know it was i'm gonna tell you exactly what happened the director what gary marshall was like Everybody needs some business in this scene. And her business was like, I'm going to squirt this water bottle in your face. And he was like, okay. Probably. And that's exactly probably what happened. I mean, just, like, I haven't been in movies, but, like, as somebody who's done a lot of, like, acting where you find dumb shit to do with each other when you're an extra, like, 
Yeah, it's <laughs> but true. it's like 100% exactly what happened. <laughs> um, I wrote down, um, I hope the photo shot, the photo booth shots of Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews are in a museum somewhere. And also, can we just talk about the scene where they like go to the arcade and bond for a day and then they do the whole Genovian Order of the Rose uh, thing? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> God damn it, Aubrey. You're welcome. I love it. It sounded, that honestly just sounded like a, like the exorcist. I yeah, like, my didn't mom, know what I heard. <laughs> my mom used to say there was a demon in me. Because oh uh, there's like five different tones. It has, it has like a two, she has like these two tone burps that are just like, they're like famous among our friend group. Like people are like, Aubrey's burps are just <laughs> like a whole other level. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. And the, she's done it several times on the podcast, but like I, you know. She cuts it, it out. <laughs> Leave it in, Karen. Let me be natural. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> She's the villain. But yeah, there's like a high tone and a low tone, and like I swear, there's like demons inside her. It's the creepiest yeah, thing. Yeah, I wasn't. It sounded like The Exorcist. I wasn't sure what I heard, but probably straight from up. that Ouija board I messed with when I was a kid. <laughs> right? <laughs> Never. I did. Um, no. Oh well. Yeah. I P- probably PSA. I will. That's like when when Judson and I first got together. Like the first question was like, "Do you want to be my girlfriend?" And the second question was like, "Would you ever fuck with a Ouija board?" And I was like, <laughs> "Fuck no." And he was like, "Okay, good. Absolutely not. We will never fuck with Ouija boards. That's like established in our family." Oh my god, how funny! <laughs> it's true. They're scary. Uh uh-uh, uh. Don't be fucking with no spirits now. No spirits. We do not need the spirits upset. <laughs> no spirits. Um. But yeah, just I just love that whole. spirit of booze. Yes, exactly. The spirit of alcohol. Um, and also the spirit of Christmas, which is just the spirit of alcohol. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it depends on who your family is, but you know. Uh, I, I just really, I love that whole scene between them where she eats the corn dog and she's you know she's like do you want a bite and then she's like oh it's delicious and then she's like let's get another one and her and you know grandma grandma was like obviously not going to eat the whole thing she's like uh okay i haven't deep throated since your grandfather died (laughs) (laughs) oh also okay sorry melissa fun excerpt from the book is that grandmare smokes so many cigarettes in bed that she'll like fall asleep smoking cigarettes and like her her late husband built tunnels under the palace of Genovia to make sure that they could escape if the palace got on fire because she always fell asleep smoking oh my god (laughs) isn't she like isn't she a dream that is hysterical she's so funny it's like ridiculous um she's the kind of person that like you would want to study but you would never really want to meet yeah no um <laughs> can we also talk about sandra O oh being in this movie like before sandra yes. O oh was really that famous <laughs> yes and that that scene when she's Gupta. on the phone uh-huh. apparently there's like a tiktok I trend saw it. i saw it and yes I, and when i saw it on tiktok i remember thinking like why is this so familiar to me but like it, i couldn't get it and then last night i'm watching the film and that scene happens and i'm like oh my god that's it <laughs> the queen is coming to grove high school i'm so sorry don't have finer china <laughs> i she is like the definition of like a 
an actor in a smaller role that just absolutely steals like every scene that she's in yeah 100 straight up like so memorable and like you know later on when she got really famous on Grey's Anatomy I was like oh my god it's Principal Gupta Gupta. (laughs) (laughs) oh send Um, it out for dry cleaning send it out for dry cleaning Oh, um, and then finally, this is, like, my final, like, major note, um, I, every time, uh, Julie Andrews says that line in the initial scene where she tells her she's a princess and she's like, you're gonna take princess lessons, um, every time she says the line that's like, walk, talk, sit, stand, eat, dress like a princess, I always feel like she's gonna, she's about to burst into song because it's Julie Andrews and it rhymes. (laughs) You're a princess, (laughs) Mia. (laughs) Does anybody else get that feeling? Yes. Totally. This is how you should act. We should do it. We're doing it. <laughs> Wait, this would translate really well to a musical. We should write that. We should. I'm going to star in it. Yes. Are you going to be Mia or are you going to be Cronenberg? I'm going to be Julie Andrews. Okay. Cool. Period. I'll be Mia. I'll be Mia. And my whole, I'll have a whole song that's like, I'm a princess. Shut up. I'm dead. Um, but anyways... Uh, so yeah, those are like the main, oh, also there was a, at the state dinner she goes to, there's a, there's a whole like random ad lib from the Scottish lady where she's like, yes, we were in the Scottish feminist group called Tarts for Tartan. And I was like, that's a, that's, that's such a dumb, like, (laughs) thing that I would have, Tarts for Tartan, like I would have only caught that with the subtitles on. Anyway, um, but yeah, did you guys, what else, what else did you guys notice, like? about or anything else that you want to talk about i really like the scene where they're at the state dinner oh it is a good scene <laughs> and they're like because they have brain freeze it's like one of my favorites oh my god that's such a good i i would also like to point out that the drunk guy that um gets like really wasted um that his wife plays the maid in royal engagement she plays john rice davies's characters oh really maid yeah the one that uh the one who's like throwing the popcorn and stuffing it into the couch at the end yeah yeah she plays it's the same actress she plays his maid which i'm like in the in the weird universe of like princess diaries if that was you know not just they recast that actress in a different role like how did she end up there (laughs) Um, also, the foot pop. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to derail any- anybody. Um, I, did anybody else, like, grow up thinking that that was going to be a thing when you got your first kiss? I mean, I had already had my first kiss probably by the time I saw this, but, like, I, it, like, I, I was like, oh, the foot pop. Okay. Well, I was a late bloomer, and my first kiss was in a car, so. <laughs> so was mine. My, well, my foot probably wouldn't have popped (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say i like i i've talked about this on the podcast where like my first kiss was with my like childhood best friend but then like way way later when i was like 16 i ended up like uh i ended up having like my like second first kiss but it was also in a car so yeah i would not have i would not have um popped my foot at that point probably 
you know, I really can't remember the whole foot popping thing when I was young. I had my first kiss in like the seventh grade. I was pretty young. Um, and I was in a movie theater. I think I was in like fourth grade, so <laughs> it's fine. Um, but I feel like that goes in line with like the bend and snap, <laughs> you know, from a. Uh, Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Um, it's it's the chick lit lore. Yeah. yeah. Rom-com lore. I love it. Um, but no, I've never done the bend and snap and I've never done the put the foot pop, but I think they're equally um, incredible and maybe one day we can do them. Oh, God. Yeah, no, totally. If I bent, I would never come back. <laughs> my boob, my think... boobs would like weigh me down like an anchor. Mm-hmm. She would not. She would be able to bend, but she wouldn't snap be able to back. Snap. Yeah, Same. I would break, bend, and break. Same. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I I really like I really like the foot pop thing. That's always like stuck with me forever. Mm. Well, also you should tell Judson that if she, he doesn't make your foot pop, you want a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> i love I, I also love the scene where she hits him over the head with the flip-flop because her foot pops <laughs> in front of the paparazzi but she pulls her flip-flop off and she Smashes hits him over him. the head and then the paparazzi goes hit him again and i was like that's a 2020 mood that, right, right. Um, Ooh, girl but uh but mood. yeah so those are those are some notes that i took and, and if anybody has anything else to add please feel free i just um I that think, was like my whole thing. I think overall this it was it's a really fun movie. There's some things from like you know 2020 and feminist perspectives and just times changing that might not have aged as well as it could have. Mm-hmm. But it's overall it's a good movie. I think it sends a good message. Uh it's positive. I always laugh when I watch it, uh, and I always feel like I catch little things uh, new every time I see it, and it's, uh, I don't know, it just makes my heart warm. It makes me so It happy. really does. Yeah. It really, really does. Um, yeah, like, I think the only thing that, like, I really feel like would not get made today is the part where they, like, photograph her changing. Like, I'm sorry, the paparazzi are photographing a minor who is in various stages of undress, like, yeah, that's not okay. Totally. Like, mm. what are you doing with your life? <laughs> that was a little sketchy. Also, there um, was a, a line that uh, Joe has where he, I wrote it down. I know exactly he what says, you're talking about. He says, strange town, San Francisco. When I purchased the pumps, they asked if I wanted them wrapped or if I wanted to wear them. <laughs> And while while I get it, it might come off a little, eh, I don't know. Little something phobic. Yeah, a little phobic, (laughs) you know. You know what, though? Like, that is what, like, most people think of when they go to San Francisco. And as obnoxious as that is, but from somebody who's not only lived there, but also is from California, people in Southern California who are generally liberals and Democrats still consider San Francisco, like, gay world. So, I don't, I mean, I, like, I 
I mean, yes, I have no doubt that there's probably some connotations behind it, especially him, you know, coming from like Genovia or whatever, um, and being a man, yeah, a straight man. That's and who's why like I was like a bodyguard mm. or whatever he is. But um mm. I think they also were kind of just playing around with like the literal stereotype that just is San Francisco. Very true. And I think Gary I, Marshall was pretty good about for the most part trying to make sure that things were okay. Yeah. You know, I mean Fuck, his sister did a league of their own and he was in it. You know, I mean, like, if oh, that's yeah. hardcore feminism, I don't know what is. <laughs> I, so just a little note about it, just, just for fun, I've been watching this show on TLC called Welcome to Plathville, where it's like, it's very relatable to me because it's like this super conservative homeschool family, but like they're like ultra conservative, where like they keep their kids on a farm in like rural Georgia. Ew. And they, like, don't talk to anyone. And, like, they are, like, super homeschooled. Um, But there's this, like, one of the older sons married this, like, you know, super cute, like, Christian girl who's, like, a little bit liberal. And she takes one one of the younger daughters, she's, like, 16, um, on, like, a wedding photography shoot to San Francisco in one of the episodes. It's, like, a reality show. It's it's trash, but I love it. and they go to San Francisco, and she's, like, showing her around San Francisco, and they tour Haight-Ashbury and all that stuff. And then, like, the 16-year-old comes back, and her parents are, like, super worried that, like, she's gay now or whatever. <laughs> and it's, like, not how that works. But she's, like, she's like no, like, we just, you know, we, like, rode around Haight-Ashbury, and, like, there's, you know, men holding hands and, like, women holding hands, and it's totally cool. Like, you're just supposed to, like, accept it. And, like, the parents are, like, that is not yeah. okay. And she's, like, but, like why not (laughs) and it's like it's just just expose your kids to stuff it's okay like there's nothing wrong with it you know as long as it's not gonna like brutally maim them for life like obviously it's not because it's just it's just love like um but yeah like i love i that is like such a stereotype of san francisco totally um but yeah i uh love this movie to sum it up it's like one of my first like chick flicks i ever watched yeah um and 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 what a great introduction to anne hathaway who has had a fantastic career and just is amazing has won an oscar yeah she sings she dances she you know has read so hot one of the things (laughs) she's so hot one of the things I love about her is that she has read and written extensive essays on uh, Jane Austen's entire canon and, of course, was in um, Becoming Jane, where she plays mm-hmm. her. I love um, that movie. Because Jane Austen is, like, so close and near and dear to my heart. I love love Jane Austen so much. Um, but, yeah, anyway, it just – what a great movie, just to sum it up. <laughs> Why didn't you do Jane he- Austen on Melissa's podcast, Karen? God. I, I – you know, I didn't think about it, but I should have. Well, there that's the good thing about my podcast is it never ends because there's always an abundance of women to cover. So mm-hmm. <laughs> So true. So true. I have so many other women that I want to cover and I'm like I'm like, I'll be on it again at some yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. 
Um, well, that's a good transition. Um, would you like to plug your socials real quick? Yeah, sure. So our, I mainly use Instagram and our handle is at Mimosa Sisterhood. I am not very good at Twitter. I'm hoping one day Aubrey can train me on how to be a Twitter fanatic. She's so good at I Twitter. Know. Way better I than know. me. Um, but if you were to follow me on Twitter, <laughs> the handle is at Mimosa Hood. Um, and then Love we it. also mm-hmm. have a really cool website, <laughs> www.mimosasisterhood.com. It's still a work in progress, but I actually have little fun write-ups on every woman that we've covered on the show. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm hoping, like, you know, when it's finally done, it will be sort of another resource to kind of learn about women that we've covered on the show just get like a quick little bio on their lives um but the writing the writing obviously is what's still a work in progress so i have about half of the women who we've covered posted now and i'm currently working on getting it updated but the website's a lot of fun i also have a monthly newsletter which is pretty cool it has a lot of fun information yes. on like women's news and health and astrology shit and updates about the podcast so on the website you can sign up for the newsletter there so you need to train me on that. I'll help you with Twitter. <laughs> Perfect. Heck yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm mostly active on Instagram, so be sure to follow me there. And of course, subscribe to the Mimosa Sisterhood podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, like iHeartMedia, literally everywhere. Um, and I also launched a new series called The Everyday Woman, where I have like an interview with a woman alive today who has an inspirational life story or just a really cool story about their lives so if you are a woman who has a really awesome story you would like to share on the podcast totally reach out to me and we can chat and so you can contact me on instagram or you can shoot me an email uh it's hello at mimosasisterhood.com love it love it love it um well, I'm super stoked that you were able to be here. Um, yeah. If you haven't followed Chicklet on Instagram and Twitter yet, it's at Chicklet Pod. We're so creative. We are. Um, so if you want to shoot us an email, tell us about some Chicklet that you read growing up or a movie or book that you want us to cover, it's chicklet.info.podcast at um, or sorry, chicklet.podcast.info <laughs> at gmail.com. Lord help me, I have to edit after this. Loser. Um, <laughs> um, and you can contact us there. Melissa, it's been so great to have you on. I yeah. know. Um, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being me. here. It was a lot of fun. And I, I, I love lie. I love the Princess Diaries. <laughs> I loved rewatching it last night while my boyfriend played video games. I was cracking up. Um, I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I sent you guys the picture. I'm like, yes, I love that. That made me laugh. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was so awesome to be on your guys' show. I love that you have been on my show and we're like cross promoting and cross supporting, which is just everything all the women need in the world right now. So I'm so excited to have met you guys and connected with you guys. And just for us to just just be like podcast friends, it's so freaking cool. Yes. And just think about. Trump is gone. <laughs> right? Trump is gone. I know. I know. Hallelujah. Things were and nervous he's going for a down while. in such a a blaze of tantrumness yeah. and it's so satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like the air is shifting. There's a I haven't read the news coming. in like 2 weeks. Me neither. 
where like I before I was like reading every single headline that came in I was like oh my god what is he doing now mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm like I don't have to fucking think about although it. <laughs> like, I will cares? say you know what news I did see before we go because I'm obsessed with the royals listen they might be mm. giving Camila Parker Bowles daughter a title what what Charles title? becomes king it's it, this, you know it's all her say because you know it's all like undisclosed sources whatever um but like i was like really are you sh- are you sure i did just watch the new season of the crown so i'm like hella biased and i love princess diana <laughs> But it, Speaking of royals. Yeah, but it was just like, what the fuck? That's like the only news I've read this week. <laughs> yeah, I have barely read the news since like I was like pretty sure that he wasn't going to be able to overturn the election through some fascist like coup. I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. And we get a little political on our podcast, so that's fine. Um, oh, hell yeah. I don't care. We, we do it all the time. Um, you can agree but yeah. or not. Turn me off right now. Boom. <laughs> do it. Give us a one star if you one were expecting star this to be me. An, an, an alt-right review of the Princess Diaries. Dude, it didn't happen. Those Trumpers are doing that, though. Have you heard about that? What's going on? The no. fucking Trump like booty bashers are out there on all the podcasts um, leaving like horrendous reviews on all of the podcast shows <laughs> that are anti-Trump. <laughs> fucking fucking brain I saw it um, on my favorite murder because they hate trump yes and they posted this like funny graphic just like shouting out all of the right-wing conservatives that had been blowing up their apple reviews it's just like get a fucking oh my life God. <laughs> get a fucking I, life i love it so much please one star me <laughs> they don't have one outside of the internet that's like their whole thing um yeah no i it's, I'm I so will read it out loud on this podcast. Right? Oh, yeah. Straight up. <laughs> straight up. I will read that shit Love and I'll it. just laugh about you because that's your life. Um, you are literally Edward Norton from American History X. <laughs> um, except without all the redeeming qualities. Um, but anyways, uh, please... You know, rate and review us. Rate and review Mimosa Sisterhood. Please, five-star Mimosa Sisterhood because it's amazing. Um, And we will see you on the flippity-flop. Would you ladies like to... We can't say it at the same time because I don't know if I'm going to be able to line it up. But um, would you like to uh, end the episode with our signature sign-off? Of course. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being here today. <laughs> uh, we're Flypaper, and we're Flying flyin away, away now. now. Bye. 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 Let's get chiclet. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.